Continuing, right in front of where David Amelech was from, Mamish looking at his birth planes. Maybe back then it was even more here. What if Yossi wasn't? Any chance? No. I mean, sure. <laughs> Actually, the Harabais was here too. <laughs> but I know all of us, all of us, those of us that uh, we're planning or not planning, we have such a chuka for Uman, for the Rebbe now, and it's like, it's very interesting. So there's a nigun we've sung in Uman many times. And I, I can picture us dancing with Tzvi to this nigun. And I, I see his face just like uh, It's our Elul nigun. look at something tonight that is going to help us understand just what we're saying every single day this this Mizmar Tehillim that um that, that's okay, okay. this Mizmar this, this Perak Tehillim that it's such a it's such a mysterious Indian where this Minha came from it's not thousands of years old to say a lot of shiurim on it the Chida used to actually say it every single day 
Some people say it once a day, some people say it twice a day, some freaks say it even three times a day, right? But everyone finds themselves in the David Hashem Ayurvayishi, all of us find ourselves. There's such words of haftacha, there's such words of promise. But there's one word that I, that I, I um, is going to be really the, the topic of tonight, and that is a very important word when it comes to El, and that's ownership. Ownership. Ownership is going to play a role throughout this whole Tkufa right now. Like, Ribbon Shleilam, what am I willing this year to own? <clears throat> or more, what haven't I owned this last year? See, David Malka Meshicha, the master of Tshuva, the Meshorer HaTshuva, the real Meshorer HaTshuva, if there's one thing about him that we can say when it comes to Tshuva, it would be the word Ba'alut, Ba'alus, ownership. He owns. He owns where he was. He owns where he was at. And it's not like when I own something, it means whenever someone ridicules me that I'm supposed to be macabre. That's not owning. Owning is knowing where you are. When Michal ridicules him about the way that he's dancing before the Aaron, he could say, okay, I own that I acted like an idiot. He didn't own it there. Why? Because there his Indian wasn't really a chait. It was what? It was a different zakh. But when it comes to, like we saw last week with Batsheva, Bevo Elav Nasan Anavi, when he was, when he said to Rebbe uh, what was the Lashon there in the Perakteum last week about ownership? Chatasi Lecha Levad. What's that? Lecha Levad Chachatasi. What else was there? There was other language, very heavy language of ownership. Very heavy language of ownership. So this week was also the Yorzeit, as many of you know, of our dear Chavar Reb Shalom brought. And one of the things that I learned from him in such a profound way is ownership as well. Literally, like, being a gever. I know that's a puzzle word to say in 2020 PC, Avodah world, but you know what I mean. Being mamash, like, being a gado, being a huge, like we talk about being a warrior. Shalom, Shalom was a warrior. Rav Shalom, Alav Shalom, he was a warrior. He owned it. He owned. And uh, you guys are also. Over the years, we've shared mutual, or not just mutual, but people's struggles. Owning, owning is such an is such an awesome thing, such a powerful thing. And in safe places like this, Beis Hashem. You know, tonight we're not going to get into going around and everyone saying, hi, I'm so-and-so and I own this. It's not... There's, there'll, there'll be time for that too. There will be. But we're right now, we're, we're just saying, all of us are here right now because we want to continue this dance to you, to Rosh Hashanah, to this very weird Elul, to this very strange year. And we want David Malcolm Meshicha's words to come out of the Siddur and play a role in our lives. We want it to come out. So it was also Itamar's grandfather's huh? uh, yeah, your site Itamar Ben Shlomo that we're going to learn Leilui Nishmasa so it's perfect timing so so um, what we're going to do is something like this we're all Biedermanim by now we're all Biedermans and um, I saw something three years ago by Rav Biederman and, uh, and then I, w- back in the good old days, I would spend one Shabbos with uh, Rav Weinberger in Aish. Here, you could pass, there's two pages. You pass these around. 
And uh, I prepared a shear there based on something that I saw by Rav Biederman. We also learned a little bit of this in the Shabbos Shuvah Drasha a few years ago too. But since then it's evolved and I think it's, uh, it's very chazak. It's very special. And um, if, you, if you have a pen, I'm sorry I didn't bring out my pencils this week. I know, I know, I know. Boys, bring your pencils. Sharpeners, you all have new ones at home, I know. <laughs> Some of you have multiple new ones right now. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to learn with you guys for a few minutes what the story of the David Hashem Ari Ve'ishi. Let's, let's be here, okay? Everyone, let's just be here right now. So I want to learn the story of the David Hashem Ari Ve'ishi. I want to learn about this capital to Hillim. Where did David HaMelech say this? Because for me, for instance, when I know of uh, where Reb Shlomo and how he wrote a certain nigun, like if I know the, the circumstances that led to the nigun coming down, for me that, that nigun, I don't know, gets a certain, it's a certain perception, it's beautiful. Also, if you ever see how Reb Chaim Kramer starts every teaching on Nikute Maharan, what does he do? He first gives you the whole story of the setting. Reb Nachman was here, Reb Nassin was here, Reb Naftali was here, they were in Zlatopolia, they were in Medvedevka, they were in Breslov, they were in Odessa, they were in Uman. It's like Chaim sets the stage, and then he's like, now let's learn the Torah. And somehow when you have the setting, the Torah can then come off of the pages, and it could be like, like something that you see. Literally what you see. And I want us to see the David Hashem Ari Ve'ishi. Because we're saying it, we're in it right now. This is what it is. Uh, Rav Moshe Wolfchild told me years ago about a certain shear by this Rav named Schneer Lehman. You, you ever hear it on Why You Torah? About the David Hashem Ari Ve'ishi. He did like deep chakiras on the whole matter. Very kedai. We're not going to do any chakiras tonight. We're just going to try to pull it off out of the sitter because we're, we're, all, we're all basically ready to show up to show without a machzor or, or, this year and just say, what? Right. <laughs> you know, this is it. So... Let's, let's, get the, let's get the words off the page and go into David and Malka Mashiach's life. So where did, where did this... Where, what are the, what's the set? What's the scene by David HaMelech saying this parak to him? So I'm first looking at not the capital itself, but this page, okay? So this is the, this is the Midrash in Vayikra Rabbah. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Pasa Kra Ba'amelekim Bikrov Alai Mereim when David HaMelech says, Bekarov alai mereim, we have that in, right? The David HaShem Ari What is Bekarov alai mereim? When the people that did bad to me came closer to me. Who are these people that were bad to me that came close to me? Elu Amalekim. So where do we see David HaMelech and Amalek? Interesting. Shenemar va'amalekim pashtu el negev ve'el tziklag. I'm not going to be offended. Do any of you remember this word, Tziklag, that we learned in, in shul a few years ago? It's a town, Tziklag, that I, I cried to you guys for like three weeks straight about it, how my great-great-grandmother comes from the town, and that... No, I'm kidding. I, 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 <laughs> um, but you don't remember this name, Tziklag, right? <laughs> On the spot. Johnny Spotster. Here he is. Correct, my friend. The guy that lives farthest remembers it. It's amazing. Siklag. 
we're going to see this, we're going to learn about this town called Siklag. Le'echol es besari, to eat my, to eat my flesh. That's what Amalek came to do. That's what we say in the Levin Hashemari Vishi. Mikan va'elach, Amar David, but after this, when David HaMelech saw Amalek is out to get him, he said, im tachane alay machane, if you put upon me a camp of, of, of who? Amalekim, lo yiralibi. That's what we, that's what we say. My heart will not fear. Im takum alay milchama, and Amalek, you want to come out and wage war against me? In this, I trust. Let's again figure this out. In what does he trust? Why is Amalek attacking him? Where is this happening? So this is, this is like um, one of my favorite prakim in Nach, in the Vim. And it's Shmuel Aleph, Perak Chavter, and Perak Lamed. Today we're just going to do a little bit of Lamed. The story is like this. David HaMelech is running away from Shaul. He's trying to find refuge by the king of Gat. The king of Gat's name was, does anyone know? Achish. You ever hear of Achish, Melech Gat? It's okay. It's, it's, these are names that we should do, like, when, when you learn the Nevi'im, these names become very much, you know, familiar on your tongue. He's running away from, um, he's running away from, from, um, from uh, Shaul, and he's like, I want to find refuge by this Achish Melech Gat. Where is Gat? Be'erich? Where is that area? Yeah, like today. It's, it's, it's in the area of, of where we go from here. What is it? Half hour that way? It's amazing to talk like this. So David HaMelech becomes friends with Achish Melech Gat. And they're about to go and wage war. With who? With Plishtim. Who is not happy? Who sees David HaMelech and says, Wait, 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 Achish, why do you have a bris with this guy? Who's that guy? Who's that little gingy that's running? Who's that, who, right? Who's that gingy? Huh? You're awesome. <laughs> Who's that? Who, that's, very, that's a very big compliment, right? Between the white and the nothing, it's like... White. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Don't talk about white. <laughs> Jerry, I, I wish I knew what would be there if it, if it, if it actually... He wishes he Okay. So they, again, David HaMelech becomes very close to Achish Melech Gat and they're going to start to wage war. And who are they teaming up with? Plishtim. Plishtim turns to Achish, the king of Gat, says, Who's that gingy that's running around over here? They say, oh, no, 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 he's a good dude, he's a good dude. Uh, he's willing to come and wage war with us. Plishtim say, not a chance. This is the guy, this is the guy that we heard of, this rebel, he'll come and shecht us all. If he's a, don't, uh, we're not willing to go out war with you, Achish, if you have David HaMelech coming with you. Not a chance. Now, in the meantime, what did David HaMelech do? He took his men and... He said to all of them, he said, they camped in a place, Tziklag, and he said, come, join me, we're going to help Achish Melech Gat. I have a lot of Akaras Atov to him. He's been really good to me. We've got to help him in war. That's what happened in the meantime. And then he gets to Achish Melech Gat, Plishtim, say to him, say bye-bye to your friend David HaMelech. And now what happens? Achish Melech Gat turns to David HaMelech and says, thank you, but no thank you. And it's not going to work. Go back to your peeps, and we won't bother you. And it'll all be good. That's Bekitzer Nimrat's the story over there. Okay? Now we're picking up right now, Shmuel Lamed Pasuk Aleph. 
David HaMelech is traveling back with his, with his Hevra, with his men, to the town where they camped, called Tziklag. And what happens when he comes back after thinking that he was doing something very holy? Remember, this is the story of David HaShem Ishi. Look, at, we're in the second paragraph, Shmuel Aleph. Lamed. David HaMelech and his people come back to Tziklag on the third day. And what do they see? Amaleki pashtu el negev ve'el Tziklag. The Amaleks, they came and they, they attacked the whole area of the Negev and the area of Tziklag, where his wives, children, they were all there. They burnt up the city where David HaMelech's family and his comrades' families were all there. Put, them, put it all up in fire. Not the people, because it says over here in Pasuk Bez, Vayishbu ish. You know what these Yimach Shemamim did? They didn't kill the women. Vayishbu, that's the Lashon of Shevi. They took them into captivity. They, 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 they jailed all the women and the children. And they, and they took them off. They went away. David and his people come back to the city. And he sees it's all up in flames. And all these people's wives, sons, and daughters were all taken into captivity. Now listen to the lashon of the, of the future Baal Tshuva. This is a heartbreaking pasuk. Vayisa David sherito is kolam. David Amelech and his people lifted their voice. Vayifku ad asher ein bahem koach lifkos. What does that mean? They cried. To, what does that mean, Lemaisem? Vayifku ad asher ein bahem koach. They cried until they didn't have any koach to cry anymore. What did you say? Like the Shoah. The Shoah. Anyone ever cry till they didn't have any koch to cry anymore? Yeah. He's the only uh, gever here that's willing to say that? Everyone else has been good, huh? Not really. <laughs> you ever cry? You ever cry till you have no more koch to cry anymore? That's, that's David HaMelech's beginning. It's not just him, it's, it's his people, right? Vayifku ad asher ein bem koach lifkot. What a pasuk. Now, why do you think they cried so hard? Because of something bad that happened to their loved ones or because of guilt? What do you think? Probably they thought of both. What? Probably both. Probably a big mixture of emotions of guilt and feeling bad about what happened to their people and feeling bad Anybody else have any thoughts? Why they, what do you think made them cry more? Or think about it in your own life when you really cry. Is it because you feel bad about a situation that you caused? Or do you, uh, meaning that you feel bad about the people that are suffering from your consequences? Or is it just so much guilt? And, and can you find the difference between the two? Because if you're looking for ownership, we have to understand what that means exactly. Let's go a few more lines inside. Ushtei neshei David nishbu. 
David HaMelech's two wives also were taken into captivity. Achinoam ha-Yisraelis v'avigayel eishes nava la-Karmeli. V'tetze le-David me'od. But David HaMelech, as much as everyone was in pain, he was in more pain than anyone. Rav Biderman explained that David HaMelech, this was the lowest this was the lowest moment in his whole life. Meaning, there were many times David HaMelech went through trials, tribulations, and tests, and God knows what. But over here, he, not only did he, did he have no one to cry over, he had no one to cry with. Because he was leading shop. He convinced all the men, come with me, we're going to go out to war, and it's going to be good for us. And look, look what happens. David HaMelech is in Tzaras. Why? Ki amru ha'am lesaklo. The people that he took with them, that came back with him, said, let's stone this guy to death. Let's kill David HaMelech. Look what he did to us. Look what he caused us to do. And each person had their son and daughter in their thoughts that right now there's an Amalekite that's standing over them. Now I just want you for a second, and this is very hard, but... I want you to go here with me, okay? I once heard about someone that went to Auschwitz and he took a trip, he, he led a trip, and in the gas chambers, he led everyone through a, an actual meditation and visualization of them choking to death. And people that came out of there said that that was something that they could have never, ever, ever imagined it was possible for them to connect to an experience. Some people say, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. It's bad for you. I don't know if it is or not. It doesn't matter. But for right now, I want us to, to connect to David HaMelech because when we say David HaShem Ari tomorrow after Shachris, I want us to really connect to Bezos HaNibateach. I want you to imagine one of your children that's taken into captivity. Okay? Your wife, Chas But imagine them in captivity. That's hell. Is it, by the way, you, we're, we're okay doing this? If there's a vehement, you know, no, I, I won't, but I think it's important to. Okay, go there for a second. Your child's face. Now, after you've gone there, I want you to look at me for a second. And I'm the reason that they are in Chevy. Because I told you, let, let's go to the Etam for the night, or God knows what. Put, put it on me. One second, stick with me. I can't get there. It's okay, you don't have to. I'm sorry. I'm for everyone else. Imagine a second ago you loved me to death, you would, you would be willing to, to be killed for me. But now I caused you to imagine the worst thoughts that could happen to the pre most precious things about you. Now, imagine what it's like to be me when you're looking at me. Okay. A little bit, we can, we can see that, right? This is David HaMelech in, this, in Sefer Shmuel. This is David HaMelech. This is why Rav Biderman says this place that David HaMelech reached was the lowest place he ever reached in his life. In his life. God bless you. However, the next 
few words explain to us how he got out of there. Because what David HaMelech at that moment felt was such pain, but such guilt and ownership at that moment saying, I caused this. Look what I did. I cannot believe that I caused this. I can't believe that I caused this. And then the, 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 the Pasuk lets us know that he did something that is the only thing that's left for David HaMelech and you and I in a moment where we realize that we simply messed up and other people are suffering as well. And what are those words? Look inside. Vayischazek David Bahashem Elokav. When I learned this with Rev Weinberger, he said that this was the key of the whole story. One word in this in this pasuk. Vayischazek David Bahashem Elokav. What word do you think here is the most potent word of this sentence? Huh? I can't, I, I'm sorry, because the masks. No, no. Just a little bit. Elokav. Why? Because of the suffocation of the British Say it in, in, not in British, in uh, American. Personification. Oh, personification. I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's his God. That's what you're saying. Yeah? Bidiuk. Bidiuk. Elokav. What does that mean, Chavre? This is the whole Torah tonight. David HaMelech at that moment, any void that he was taught before about God, about Torah, about Elul, about Shuvah, didn't help him. No shmuz that he ever heard in Yeshiva or words of Chizuk or Musas, nothing helped him. You know what he had to do? Elokav. What's Elokav? Elokav, that means that he believed that he had a story with God in the past, it means he has his own story right now, and right now, no vort in the world that he heard is going to give him chizuk. He has to find it right now on his own. It's got to be his elokim. It's got to be something that he could, he could care less if someone thinks that it's, that it's good or it's not good. It's his own chiddush. It's his own vort. It's his own way of erupting. Because that's, what, that's what's left with him. And, and I, I, I mean, I, I can say about myself that in my life right now, this is like, I, I'm realizing most voids I knew, or learned, nothing's really cracking me through anymore. And I, I feel like of conversations I'm having with people is that Hashem Yisbaruch is saying to all of us, Itchazakta be'elokecha? Are you, are you, you know, your chiddush? Your concept of what it means to be close to Hashem? That no one gave you shiran? They paved the way for you to be your own Rebbe in this moment. David Bashem, it doesn't say Elohim. Could have said by it, but it could have said by David Bahashem. Why not? Because that's not going to get you out of this kind of dark place. This hole that David Amelech reached, by oh Hashem is here, Hashem is there, that's not going to help him. Hashem is mine, and we're meeting over here. This is what's going to help him right now. Yeah, Yaakov. Mm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Shashem Elokav. That's also what it means. The Frida Kareba used to say. That's what it means. Ashrei Ha'am Yodei Serua. That's what we say before we Yodei uh, Tura before we blow shofar. It means praiseworthy is the people that know that when the shofar blasts, they have their own sicha with the Ribbon Shleim. Ashrei Ha'am Yodei Tura. 
And that's a very, very important thing that we have to remember. Like, shofar blowing, uh, shofar blowing is also part of this, like, Ba'ischazek David Ba'ashem Elokav. So this is the this is the nekuda that David Amelech, the Baal Tshuva, is telling you and I when we're learning when we're saying the David Hashem Ori Ve'Yishi, he's saying, listen, don't try to remember words that you once learned. What's your your chiddush? What is your personal thing with the Rebbeinu Shleilim that no one has any ownership over but you? That's it. So this basically is what Rabbi Nachman says. If you look in the next piece, This is from Azamra. This is the middle of Azamra. When a person has every reason to fall into the gutter and claim utmost spiritual bankruptcy, but you don't allow yourself to go there. And you enliven yourself how? Because you search and you're asking Hashem, and now you're asking Hashem, there must be an Ikuda Tova left in me. It's true. I got all these people to be petrified over the fact of their wives and children being in captivity. And I put everyone in danger, my own kids, my own wives right now, God forbid, what could be with them? But right now, what's that going to help me if I think about what a Russia I am? That's not going to help me, and it's not going to help them either. So that's where the Rebbe says, therefore, when you don't allow yourself to fall to the deepest, darkest pits of pity and self-hell, and you demand until you find Nekudos Tavas, Umelaket, and you gather and you sift through these nekudas tovas. When you do this, you become a nigun. You can sing to Hashem. You can actually sing to Hashem after you do such a thing. You're in the pits of hell, but you did this, and you said, there must be, there must be still something between me and you. You can come out and sing a nigun out of it. When you get to the Elokav. Only when you get to the Elokav. Because I offense your son, his 14 year old son, he's to be lost, he has a relapse of leukemia. He just gave a shear about how he. It's like he's like, it's game time. Like, yeah, we, like we know what, what the playbook is. Like, and he was prepared. Like, now he's in that Elokav state. And he said, yeah. he just did. He just said, thank you, Hashem, for giving my son leukemia. That's a very, very, very high level. David Amelch here isn't saying thank you yet, but he's definitely saying I have to, I have to, I have to make a nigun. Yeah, yeah. The azai, and then when you find a nigun, when you say there must be still something here between me and you, Hashem, azai hu yachol ispalel uezamer lehodos Hashem. Then you could actually daven, you could sing, and you can thank. Then he's, then you can thank Hashem for whatever it is you'll be put through. Why? Because you realize what a gewalt nigun. There was a Torah Reb Shlomo used to say all the time in Elul, and in Tishrei, in Yom Kippur, the name of the Baal Shem Tov. He, the Baal Shem Tov would say, Ribbono Shalaylam, have mechila on your yidlach. Because if it wasn't for such geshmaka averos that they did, you would have never gotten such artsaga nigunim that we end up singing to you. Right? We would have never come up with such heartbreaking nigunim if we didn't feel so broken over our averos. It's like a limud slus on the averos, you know? Don't try this at home. This is not a lechatchila Torah. It's a fully bedieved Torah, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, 
How, I want to write the greatest nigand. One second, guys. <laughs> that's not where we're going either. Okay, so that's what Reb Nachman says. Okay, so now what happens? Davin Amelech is basically like game time. And how does he react? His wives are still in captivity. His children are still in captivity. Vayomi David, El Eviasar Hakohen Ben Achimelech, Hagishanali Haefod. Bring me the breastplate. Vayagesh Eviasar Saefod El David. He brings it in. Vayishal David Badonai Lemor. And then David Amelech asks the Ribono Shalelam. He's basically saying, I'm ready to fight. Should I do it? Erdof Achar Hakdud Hazeh. Ha'asigenu, if I run after a Amalek right now, he's saying Ha'asigenu, will I, will I, what's the right word here? Will I be masig them? Will I, will I reach them? Huh? He's saying if I run, will we reach them? Ha'asigenu. No, 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 he's saying if I run after them, if I run after the Gdud, if I run after the people that, that took my wives and children, He's basically asking Hashem, is it worth it right now to even go and try to get her? Should I just like take care of the Sheri Sapleta, me and my Chavre? Because is it too late meaning? Do I have a chance of making it, right? And, and this, is the, this is the brach I give us all. When we look into the heart of our own Balagan that we caused in our life, and we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem Yisbarach, is it worth taking this on or am I setting myself up for disappointment? But when you really ask it from the Kishkas, you hear this answer from Hashem. Vayomer lo, redof, run after them. Why? Ki haseg tatsig, you will reach them, vehatsel tatsil, and you will save them. I gotta call Eitan, give him these words to write a good nigun for this one. Haseg, I can see him writing a good nigun. Haseg tatsig, vehatsel tatsil. Oh boy. You're asking me from this place, from such real brokenness and ownership? If you're asking me from ownership, you go and get it. You go and get it. You're ready for game time, you go and get it. Why? Because you're going to reach it. That's what David Malka Mashiach heard from Hashem. Vayelech David, hu ito, ad nachal They go, he has 600 men with him. That means there was probably 600 women in captivity. All these people's wives. You know what? Probably even more, because maybe each of them had more than one wife. We don't even realize how many people we're speaking about over here. So he goes with them, he reaches Nachal Besor, Vanotarim Amadu, Vaidof David, Hu Varbamot Ish, Vayamdu Mataim Ish Asher Pigru, Meever Es Nachal Habesor. Basically a strategy. 400 go forward with him, 200 stay right behind, okay? And they basically find this guy, I, I don't want to read the whole thing over here, they find this guy that's an Amalekite that was deserted, he was serving the Amalekites in there in the, in the forest, uh, in the desert, and they give him a little bit of water, they bring him life, and they say to him, basically, where have you been? Uh, who are you? And he said, look, I, I've been sick, I'm three days sick, I'm a Nar Mitzri, but I've been serving the Amalekites, and... Um, David HaMelech says to him, well, we won't kill you on one condition. Take us to where they are. Okay? And he says, aye, aye, captain. And he goes. He take, he, uh, he's taken with them. He takes them. They come down. 
and he David Amelach says, if you go down a little bit to Pasuk Tet Zion, five lines from the bottom, Vayoridehu veinen etushim al pnei kol ha'aretz ochlim veshotim vechogegim bechol ha'shal al-agadol asher lakhu me'eretz plishtim u'me'eretz Yehuda. And they see their, their feasting and everything that they've stolen and everything they've, ta- they've taken in the war. And he sees that the, the mishpachas are held in captivity while they're parting there. Vayakem David He whips them so hard from the moment he sees them until the next day. All night long, he was shechting them. nimlat mehem ish. Not one person got out. The only people that got out are the 400 people that went with Dov and to go and take care of business and to come out and that Na'ar, that Na'ar Mitzri that showed them where, where, the, where his family is. Vayatzel David et kol asher lakhu amalek ve'et shtei nashav itzil David ve'lo ne'edar lahem min ha'katon ve'ad ha'gadol ve'ad banim u'vanot. Everyone was saved. Everyone was saved. Umishalal ve'ad kol asher lakhu lahem. Hakol heishiv David. David HaMelech returned everyone and everything in a situation that seemed absolutely impossible. Impossible. This, boys, this is Ledavid Hashem Ori Ve'yishi. This is what we go through. This is why, this may be, I don't know if it's for sure, this may be one of the reasons why Chazal have told us, listen, when you're gearing up to crown the king and renewal and all those things and forgiveness and everything like that, and you want to set goals and you want to feel like you can conquer things, go into this story of L'davar Hashem Orivishi. Say it every day. Say it twice a day. Find yourself in this Mizmar Tehillim. What stinks is that we just, you know, we love this Mizmar Tehillim because it's like words we can connect to. Like what? Oh, my parents deserted me when I was a little kid. Ki avi zavuni, right? Or like uh, other, other words. Achaz sha'alti me'is Hashem osa avakesh. What caused David HaMelech to say, Bezos ani boteach? What caused David HaMelech to go against all odds and save that which seemed absolutely unsalvageable? <laughs> he goes into Elokav. Now, you know what's amazing? Is that I can't tell you what that looks like. And, I, and you can't tell me what that looks like either. Oh, sorry. None of us... Thank you. None of us can tell each other what this place looks like. None of us. And it's supposed to be like that. Like, I, I can tell you a little bit what it's like for me, and you can tell me what it's like for you. But that still won't really, really, like, tell us how to do it. This is like the how. How do I go to this place? Well, it only, it only starts in a place where you're willing to own. When you're really willing to own that which you've caused and being ready to become a Baal, a Baalus, having ownership of it. And it starts from, you know, this is Elul. This starts Rosh Chodesh Elul. I'm not scared of anybody. I have a Molek after me. They took my family. And it's my fault. And it's my fault. But Ribbon Shleilam, I'm Rib Nachman's Chassid. And I'm going to find one Nikuda Tova in me right now that's, that's going to prevent me from fully immersing myself into the 
basically place of no return, that's Yehosh. And from that place, I'm going to ask you, should I go for it? Should I try to get my act together? Should I take on this challenge or not? Should I take this on? Should I stop doing this? Or am I just setting myself up for disappointment? Um, I want to ask a really hard question, okay? Has anyone already fallen from their Elul resolution? Not that I know what it is and if you did, but assuming that people here have had Elul resolutions, has anyone already fallen from it? Can you fall if you haven't started yet? No. No, but you also can't go up. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe it was worth like not even trying? Because if you if you really fell now, then was it worth it? Was it worth going after Amalek? Yeah, it was worth it. Why? That was a long month. Mm. <laughs> it's like I had a friend that once went to one of his first years in Uman. He spent the first day of Rosh Hashanah, he told me, walking around, and he had this whole a consciousness of he's saying okay everyone here is crazy and I don't even know if God exists that's what he did the first day walking around Uman I said to him but what, what, what happened the rest of the time he's like well there's two days <laughs> <laughs> there's a second day of Rosh Hashanah Elul's El long Elul's long so Tomer the question I want us to ask is what do we have to do to, to find out where we like What's stopping us from asking ourselves, what are we not taking ownership over? But also to not get too sucked into that. Chas v'chalila. And now, when you look at L'david Hashem Oli now look at the next capital. And I'm going to sing it with you guys, okay? And I want you, if you don't mind, even though, you don't, even though there's no pen, I want you, if you don't mind, to just like... Try to grab two words that you thought you understood or that you already connect to, but now with how we learn the story, kind of go a little bit deeper into it, okay? And if you need to follow with the English, whatever you need to do. I'd love to say I'm not scared of anybody, I'm not scared of anything, but usually I'm most scared of myself. But I'm not scared of myself when I do the exercise Dov Lamelech showed us in this parak. When Amalek came close to kill Besari, my flesh, my children, my wife, they fell. If you put upon me a whole camp of Amalek, my heart won't be scared. Maybe that means, like, what's this one thing I'm asking from Hashem? Based on what we learned, should I go out, should I go and get it? Should I go after this or not? Should I try to conquer it or not? Achas shalti me sadoi noyoi savo kesh. 
you lift me up like a rock. David HaMelech was a, like Banochi Tolas a second ago, I'm a worm. And now you lift Betsur Yeramimeni. You lift me up like a rock when I go into warrior pose. And now I lift up my head, and I bring before you a korban. And now I start to sing my nigun because I did a zamra on myself. I found some good notes, I'm putting it together. And even though the world tells me give up, there's a voice inside of me that says, no way. It's to you that my heart said, come and seek me, seek my face. David HaMelech is saying over here, I think, listen Hashem, I'm going to go to this place again and again in my life when I have to. And I'm asking you, if I have to revisit this place over and over again, of taking ownership and realize, oh my God, what did I do? But I'm willing to still seek and find a good nekuda in myself in order to start singing to you. Please don't hide from me. Please don't conceal yourself from me. Sometimes I feel like I can't even talk to my own parents, but I know at the end of the day you come and sweep me away. This is what we said Friday night. It was the Yeretzit of Reb Tzadok, the Shabbos. Reb Tzadok HaKoyen Lovblin said like this, Everyone thinks that emuna is when something's really bad. I have emuna and I'll get through it. Tzaddik says, in Elo we do tshuva on our perception of emuna, because emuna means there's so much I believe that there's so much good waiting for me behind this door. That's what emuna is. Not it stinks right now, but I'll get through it. It's that I believe lule hemanti lirot betuv Hashem be'eretz chaim. This is what it means to be alive. I'm walking in Eretz Achaim. This is what it means to be alive. That I believe that right now behind this door of me crying that there's so much good waiting for me. That's believing in tshuva. 
כבל אדוני חזק ויאמץ ליבך So go and hope for the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Strengthen yourself and have what Rav Kook calls over and over again the most important element of a Yid, Omeitz Halev, to be courageous in the heart. So now I think we understand a little bit what V'yamets Libecha means. And then V'kave El Adinoi. What do you, I want to know, what do you, what do you think based on what we learned how do we give a perish to the last few words here? Omeitz Halev, V'yamets Libecha. That you have to do a ma'amatz, you have to have another, you know, omits. You need courage with your heart to keep on calling out to Hashem. Spiritual courage. What is that? What's spiritual courage? It's different from physical courage that uh, a man or What is it? What's spiritual? It's possible to Who else has a parish for spiritual, uh, spiritual courage? Fus? Explain, brother. It's too easy. It's true, but you got to get a parish on that. He felt bad. He did something wrong, he thought. He was willing to then say, God is my God. I'm going to get back on track, so to speak. You put me here, and I know that... I didn't want to be here, but I still know it comes from you. And I believe we can do better, and we're going to try to improve. Even if it doesn't work the first time. Everything I know, I know what you just said. I tried it. Didn't work. So at that moment, what do you do? That's why you're here. God put you in that position. And then again, Yeah. Oh, brothers. It should be Hashem's will, it should be HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will and our will. Eloz Yemei Ratzon, it's all these Ritzonos are now floating up. It should be Hashem Yisbarach's will and our will should be His will. I mean, His will should be our will, it should be one. That uh, when, we, when we say the Dabar Hashem Ari V'yishi now, it's a little bit more of a context that we stop while we're saying it and we don't just try to get through a Kapitot Tehillim, but we ask in the middle or right before or right after where have I done this in my life? Where have I endangered other people that are dear to me? Without even knowing it. And please give me the koyach to look at it for whatever it's worth and teach me what Omet Salev is. You should learn in Rav Cook's writings, Omet Salev is a very important Indian. Very important Indian. And I think like, like that, if this is what, you know, Elul's long. We, we have a lot more at the Davids to, to, to Baruch Hashem. It's like we have so many more opportunities to do this, to do this, to say the David Hashem Yishi. Especially according to the way that we hold today, which is we say to Hashanah Rabbah. 
Um, so yeah, we could learn a lot of different shiurim which are important about the origins of it, and it's fascinating. But it happens to be that today, Ledavid is really the way that we know Elul's here. But now we have Ledavid, to David Hashem Ayri And we should all be privileged to write a nigun, to sing a nigun from this place of finding, finding the place inside that, um, that believes that there's still a little bit of good left, no matter what.
sang last week because I feel like it's so beautiful that we have this privilege and I thank each and every one of you for coming it's very important very, very special very very special Sisters that dwell 
I shall dwell in God's house. Who shall dwell in God's house? We shall dwell in God's house now and always. I shall dwell in God's house. We shall dwell in God's house. We shall dwell in God's house now and always. Shakoyach brothers, we'll continue Beis Hashem next week.